I think uh, even some of the outs that I made today, I feel, you know, I was, I was kind of happy, you know, not just happy with the out, but um, I feel better. I feel like I'm kind of turning a little page, but um, tomorrow's a new day, so just going to keep, keep at it. Well, from the first pitch, you know, I kind of, you know, after he was kind of quick pitching me almost like that, so I was just trying to get ready um, and hone in on something kind of over the middle of the plate, um, something I can handle. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 really it. You know, I didn't even know what I hit after <laughs> after uh, after the game. I had, you know, I looked and saw it was a sinker. So, it was either that or a changeup. But <laughs> yeah, honest, honest to goodness, I'm sure Danny Jansen really doesn't care what he hit. All he knows is that. He delivered victory for the Blue Jays yesterday, 6-5. Jays walking off the Atlanta Braves. Kevin Barker, my Toronto Blue Jays, <laughs> have swept the Atlanta Braves in a three-game series. They've got the New York Yankees coming in for four starting tonight at the Rogers Center. Uh, boy, you want to talk about three different games, though. I mean, Friday, Chris Bassett pitched a gem. We'll get into that in more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday, a 5-2 win. Jose Barrios battled through, mm-hmm. uh, got timely hitting, played two really good games. And then, well, what can you say about Sunday? I think our friend Buck Martinez summed it up the best. I think it was about the fifth inning when he said to Dan Shulman, boy, this game's a little rough around the edges, isn't it? It, it was, I, it wasn't even sloppy. I, I I don't know what you would call that. Call that a win, Jeff. You call, call it a win. Call it, you call it a sweep. You you sloppy though. I'm saying, but but now the the Braves were sloppy. The the Braves outfield is you you said they looked like they'd never played a game on the road before. That was <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> was. You know, and, and I mean the Jays themselves. Uh, there were some plays. There were some plays not made. It was not the crispest of crispest of games. But again, it's a sweep. Yeah, I think every once in a while you have those games, right? It's it's the the marathon of the season. They can't go out every single day and do every single thing exactly the way every single fan that watches the Blue Jays want them to look like. Like occasionally you're not going to run a ball out. Occasionally the opposing team's going to miss a pop up that they should catch. You're going to try and stretch it into a double and screw up. Like occasionally that's going to happen. They're human beings, but what you do other parts of your game, you battle through it. Your bullpen maybe picks you up. You make a a play when you're supposed to make it. You have a walk in a big spot. You have a guy that comes up who's hitting 130 off the fastball, is hitting 129 behind in the count, 0-1, just in that thing that Danny Jansen was talking about there, adjustments in and at bat. He mentioned pitchers trying to quick pitch me. I took a heater, sinker, middle, middle. It's 0-1. 0-1, I'm not real good. If it's 1-0, I'm hitting 269. If it's 0-1, I'm hitting a buck 29. So just a guy in the heat of the moment sort of can simplify it just to saying, okay, take a step back, take a deep breath. I got to get this thing going. He's quick pitching me. I can't allow that. Like it's it's 93. Why his 93 plays up is because of the quick pitching. And I was the one that threw my hands in the air saying, why aren't you swinging at the 0-0 pitch that's right down the middle? And then you hear Danny Jansen talk mm. after the game. That's the reason why, right? It's it's little things inside a game that can help you win by those little tiny adjustments, just little tiny ones that I need to go get it going a little bit. Now, the 2-1 sinker was in, in, like it's in off the plate. That's a ball. But for Danny Jansen, that's sort of what he's looking for, right? You clear the front side. You clear the hips enough just to fight the barrel to the baseball. 
and get it to going where you want it to go, which is not the other way, not up the middle. You want it to go to the pull side. So you just kind of like that, right? Danny Jansen's been struggling, right? He's five for his last 26, his last seven games. He ain't been doing a ton right. But it's just the awareness to know in a game, the biggest part of the game, the biggest and bad of the game, that you got to get it going enough so you can fight the barrel out in front of the plate is... That's kind of nice to hear. I like that from Danny. I, I root for Danny. I, I we're probably we not. Do. We're probably not supposed to do that with what we do for a living. No, we are. I like. I like Danny. Like I root for him. He's a hard worker. He's he's you know advanced in some things and not let what he's done in the past because the last seven games has been not been real good. And for him just to have the awareness to be able to you know, make in in it bad adjustments is pretty cool to listen I, to. I, I think the other thing too is is what you see with Danny Jansen is. A guy who, and I would say this probably started last year, maybe, a guy who realizes that he is this team's everyday catcher, regardless of whether he's on a heater, regardless of whether or not he's in a in a horrible slump. He's gonna be the guy catching most of the most of the starting pitchers. He knows he has the complete mm-hmm. faith of the coaching staff. He knows the front office has had his back, all that stuff. And and I think that's, you know, that's a testament to to Danny Jansen. Uh, to Danny Jansen, the person. Um, so there was a lot of talk after the game and during the game. And you know John Schneider better than most people. You were a roommate of his. Um, about how John would handle the sloppiness. Would he address it? And, you know, John's made clear. He, he talked about the principles he wants this team to abide by in spring training responsibility, looking out for the other guy, holding each other accountable, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm wondering if maybe, like, I look at that game, and I think in a lot of ways, by winning the way they did, they kind of held themselves accountable. They kind of held themselves accountable in that game. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people were watching the game yesterday, but to watch both of your superstars show frustration when they screwed up visibly... Yeah, that's is, what I mean. is, is enough. That correct. That that's kind of that, that's enough. To your point, I hope that John saw what I saw and just left it alone. Like just, just that they they did it enough to to basically say it's my bad. It won't happen you got, again. Yes. You know, I thought I hit a homer. I thought I tied the game. I didn't. I didn't run a ball out. It's my bad. It, it was it was enough for him to visibly, Vladdy. To see that in front of everybody, that John doesn't have to. What's what exactly would be benefited from for John Snyder to either call your best two hitters, best see, two players in a room, and actually say, "What would you no, say I, to him? Like, what, what are you going to say?" to I him? I mean, what I would do in that situation. First of all, first of all, you're right. They knew you could tell by Vladdy's reaction looking into the the dugout. Like, yeah, I know I screwed up, and of yeah. course, Bo, you know what Bo's like. Bo's still going to be pissed about that this Being morning. On the back. Um, so what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I, I think of anything, you know, if you say anything, maybe you, if you're, you're going to talk, you talk to the team before a series or whatever, I, you just kind of throw a general line in there. Hey boys, you know, we got that one. Like, you know, turn the page, tighten it up. I mean, just something it's a, general like it's that. it's a marathon. Like it, it, That's what th- I'm these saying. Are, these are grown men. That's what I'm they saying. They know when they screw up. They don't, they don't need another grown man to walk by and go, hey, you know what? Don't, no, you screwed see, up. That, they don't need that. See, like it's, I, I, they knew they screwed up. You, so you, what's the big I mean, deal? Like, no, I, I don't think, you're missing the point in some ways. They're not, he's not going to call everybody in individually and address that. 
there were like four or five guys who weren't at their best in that game. So I think you just kind of make a general statement. You don't ream anybody out. You just say, hey. Where would you make the three statement games? at? You call, you call it a team meeting? You, what, you, what are you doing? You chat with guys, you know before, you the, you chat with guys uh, before the team, before, before the game. You chat around the dugout. I mean, I'm saying you don't call a meeting, but what yeah. I'm saying is you, there are plenty of opportunities to I, walk I, by guys and just kind of go there you with go. four that, or five guys very, gathered around and just go, hey, guys, don't do tighten that. it up a you bit. You probably don't do that last night. You'll do yeah. that today before batting practice. You walk by, you say whatever it is you say. You, you do it with a funny face. Yeah, like, you don't. Yeah, you know, you know, absolutely. Like it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? It's you don't um, you don't try and embarrass anybody. And oh, by the way, that's your two best players. Who, if you've noticed, play every day, uh, and they hustle all the t- yeah. like they're running all over the place. So occasionally, you know, they're just not going to do the right thing. So, um, I want to say one. Boy, there's a lot to unpack out of that game. Uh, you know, you talked about the, the we talked about the the play with Vladdy, thinking he hit a home run, slow to first base. Bo, same thing. It wasn't well, as a pop up. It was the first a pop base, up in which you should call it the baseball. Right, and Bo kind of took for granted. Right. Exactly. Bo kind of took for granted that it was going to be an out, and it wasn't an out. And then the, the compounding a mistake by going to second base. Anyhow, mm-hmm. I thought maybe the most one of the most intriguing things I saw yesterday was how John Schneider handled Yusei Kikuchi. Now, I understand the Jays are in a, a tough run with the schedule. 30 games, 31 days, 17 games in a row. You got the Yankees coming in. You got Baltimore coming in. But I like the fact that, because I thought, when Ozzie Albies is coming to the plate, now he's already hit a home run off of off of the good pitch, but it, That was my point. It yeah. wasn't. It was a good pitch. So I've got a good player who hit a home run off my guy who threw a good pitch. Yeah. But I'm sitting there thinking. I'm watching him talk to Pete Walker. I'm watching him talk to Don Mattingly, and I'm thinking to myself, leave him in. Like I, I, even if you had an off day today, leave him in. Let's see how he handles this. And I thought it was. Oh, you know, he had he had Trevor Richards ready. I just thought it was interesting that John that John Schneider decided to let to let him have another shot at 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 Ozzy at, at Ozzy Yeah, Albers. again, this gets back to all the information. He you know he's got a better feel for his players than, than anybody watching or or me and you talking about it. He understood, I think. That I guarantee hit a home run off a good pitch. Yeah, I was going to say I guarantee you the information didn't say let him see let Kikuchi see this guy third time through or like uh, you know what I'm saying. Again, I think he went with his gut there. Every every single time we can't, you know, come on our show and and come on the show after the game and and try and beat up every single move that these guys make. Again, this is a marathon. You're they're they're playing 17 in a row, 30 out of 31 days. Like you're going to have to try and stretch occasionally the back end of your rotation a little bit longer to maybe give the guy that you're bringing in a clean inning or, you know, you sort of, you're wanting to mix up and use a different guy. Like they use Bass instead of Richard the next inning, right? It's it. It makes a little bit of sense that when you call guys in because of pockets, you sort of want to figure out which way you're trying to use your rotation. Their rotation is better than their pen. No. Yeah. For me, I'd rather, if I'm going to lean on some people, Obviously, there's some guys in your bullpen you're going to lean on more than other guys. But then there's the other guys. And I'm just, this is just me. 
whenever I'm watching a game and I got Barrios or Yusei Kikuchi, and they're not falling off a cliff because of all the changes they made, give them credit, both those guys. The, the two starts that they've had the last two ga- the the last two games, last year they would have fallen off the cliff. Like they oh, yeah. given their chance, their team no chance. Yeah, that, but because of all the mechanical changes, you say he's throwing harder. Barrios can locate a little bit better and use the slurve when he has to use it to get a big out. The fastball's better because of the mechanical changes that he's made. Like give them giant credits for at least being able to give their team a chance to win. And this, this again, like we'll be the first people to come on here and yell and scream about the moves that, that the organization and the manager and. You know, whoever's making these moves, but you can't do it all the time. Like, again, we're not in the room. We're not in the dugout. And, again, I get back to this. I think a lot of it is you're thinking long term. I don't think one one batter is going to make that huge of a difference, but it might, right? When you don't have to use a guy, you probably don't want to use him. Just go to different situations. And, again, there has to be a little time where you reward a guy for just fighting through it. And you say he didn't have his best stuff. Like, a, like again, the, the the slow breaking ball, I think, is a is a decent pitch for him. The velocity on the fastball has been maintained in every one of his starts. Uh, the cutter thing, I, look, I don't even know what that thing is anymore. His slider's morphed into a little bit harder now, and, and it's the, the variation between the mile per hour, and that thing's all over the place. I just think occasionally you got to give a dude a little longer leash to say, we get it. Going to give you a chance to get somebody out, and he did it. And I think that gives this guy a lot of confidence to go a little bit further from here on out. So it's just like, again, it's just it's impossible for us to always be picking at every single little thing when, you know, the rotation is going to take them where they ultimately want to go. And Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi could be a big factor in this, depending on how Alec Manoa's looking, right? So what did you, what did I, you I make? okay with it. What did you? What did you make of Barrios on Saturday? Five and two, third, six hits, uh, yeah, three strikeouts a lot. Yeah, walk. I think he battled. I mean, I thought he made some good pitches when I, he needed to. I think it sounds I, cliche-ish, but I thought he did. I think he battled. I think he only had 10 called strikes, which is not a lot. He had 11 whiffs. That's not a lot, right? You, you, When you got a guy that throws that hard, that has that much movement on a sinker, can elevate a four-seamer, can throw that slurve now a little bit harder and in between velocities on that thing, you want those two things to go up, but I get back to that. Give that guy credit to be able to not have more called strikes, more swing and misses, and be able to give your team at least a decent chance to win a game late. Again, I go back to last year. With all the things that he was doing last year with the mechanical thing, and he had a wind-up, and now it's just simple to where at least when I need to try and make a big pitch, I can do that. Because everything that's going on before I release the baseball, and I'm mentally stronger now, which is a pretty cool thing. So, yeah, wasn't this best start? And I'll get back to this. Those two dudes at the back end of the rotation are supposed to look that way against the best offensive team in the National League. I can't say that any other way than that. They're supposed to struggle and have to fight through it. But what the organization and John Snyder and Pete Walker want from those two guys, don't fall off the cliff. Give us a chance. When you need to make a big pitch, we have faith in you to do it. Do it. And that's what these two guys are doing. I would think that there is probably no time this season where the Jays' bullpen was was as rested and lined up perfectly the way it was for this series. Now, that is a correct. You got the off day, obviously, in Thursday. Bassett didn't hurt. 
Bassett was great. And I do, yeah. we will talk about Chris yeah. Bassett. But I, so you're going into these, to these two games. And I know it gets lost in, some, in, in, in the way that Jays won it. But you got to shout out guys like Trevor Richards, Nate Pearson yesterday. Uh, again, Eric Swanson. All Eric Swanson does is get outs when you need it. He got it out, out, out of that bases Anthony loaded Bass, situation. To the seven. Anthony Bass. That. Jay Jackson was good. Jay Jackson. The, that was, I don't know if John Schneider is going to have his bullpen more perfectly lined up like that for the rest of the army. Well, that was he's, just, te- he's telling you who he has when he's losing, yes. when he's tied, and, and when, when he's, he's le- winning. When he's winning. Like, exactly. it's, it's simple now. Like, you're going to certain Bass, Jackson, Trevor Richards is your long guy, right? He's trying to bridge the gap. Your starter's cannot, not great. Cannot hold up all year, Kevin. The, Trevor Richards. I mean, if your rotation is, yeah, Trevor Richards, I don't see why not. Arm speed on the changeup's great. He'll throw it four, five, six times in a row if he has to, to a good hitter. That'll tell you they're having a tough time picking it up. The location's on. It's been good. It's got Lake Saint to it, which is a big deal, right? It's it's about 11-mile-an-hour difference between that and his fastball. He doesn't throw 100. Mm. I mean, it's 92-93, but when your changeup is 11-miles-an-hour difference between the fastball and the changeup, how do you hit that? You don't. So, yeah, I think it can. Arm speed on it and, you know, just don't abuse him. I think that's the whole thing, right, is, you know, he he does throw a lot of pitches per inning. Like, that's that's about 22 pitches per inning through 44 pitches. That's a lot in two innings. That's about 22. He, he works hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I will tell you that his stuff's not great, and he has to set the change up up. He can't abuse it. But in a big spot, if he needs to throw it, like I said, four, five, six times in a row, I think he can do that. But – you just can't abuse him, right? That's the whole thing here is, is that, and that gets back to the rotation. We mentioned this. The rotation needs to give you innings. They need to give you length, and so far they're they're sort of doing that. Let's go back to Friday's game. 3 nothing win over uh, the Braves. Chris Bassett, complete game two hit shutout against Spencer Strider. I mean, pitching was phenomenal. Eight strikeouts, two walks, 103 pitches, 70 strikeouts. Uh, the last nine inning, Shout out for the Blue Jays, Mark Burley on June 3rd, 2015. It's been 889 games, or was 889 games since Marcus Stroman threw the last nine-inning complete game of any description, April 23rd, 2017. I love Brian Brian Snitker after the game. He was asked about Bassett. He goes, well, all I know is we didn't barrel up many balls. 53 sinkers averaging 92.6 miles an hour. Six other pitches, six to ten times each. 14 whiffs, 16 fouls on 54 swings. Contact, <clears throat> average contact was 86.9. I mean, that was a, that was almost artistic. Yeah, two things, two things. That's the best sinker he's had all year for me anyway. That, and that gave the blueprint going forward the next two games to how to get the Braves out. You saw Barrios you use more sinkers. You saw Garcia. Mm-hmm. Anybody who had a sinker threw it against the Braves, right? You want to go in hard. You want to go soft away. That That's sort of the blueprint, right, is – Force them to get barrel to baseball. You'd rather do that with something that had a little late movement to it. And that's what Chris Bassett's 53 sinkers did. The spin rate on that thing was up. It was moving more than it normally moves. It was He was throwing it a little bit harder. You could tell he's feeling a little frisky. He's getting a little warmer, you know, mechanically. He's impressive. Everything that goes into everything before he releases the baseball. Now, tell me how many humans can do that. Like, he's basically telepathically telling that catcher. Well, no, he's not. It, no, he's, yeah, he is. He is with lanes and where yeah, you're but supposed he's to. he's telling him he's no, got he's the not. pitch calm. 
He is not. Like, he is, but he's basically telling them when I dig in that I want to go here. You can tell, like, if, if the catcher's not setting up in the right spot when he's walking back, he's sort of, like, directing traffic on where to go the next time. It's second to none. When you look in, like, uh, St. Louis, when they don't have a catcher telling them everything to do, sort of how it looks that way. Just Bassett is impressive. Like, I knew he was good, but to now be still able needy? to – yeah, he is, but he's needing his own self. Like he is, he's doing everything that yep. he needs to do to release the baseball and have it go where he wants it to go. He he is, you know, with the way Manoa's gotten off to his little slow start, you could almost say that he's been the most important guy in this rotation. After I, set aside the first game, I would not argue. Set aside the I first game. Argue. Chris Bassett right now is doing his thing. He's making it easy for everybody else around him to sort of fill in the blanks. You know, there's not a ton of pressure after his starts for the fourth and fifth guy to come in and do their thing because trying to make up for it. And, you know, yeah. we need long games because uh, Bassett screwed it up. Ain't been any of that. Well, after it's, not first game, that. So it's, it's not even that. It's not even that. It's a big you just, deal so far. You, you want consistency. You want you want innings from him. Yeah. And and again, what one of the things they're, I mean, they're by and large, they're getting innings out of their out of their starting pitchers this year. But yeah, Bassett was so good. Spen, I mean, Spencer Strider was... As advertised, yeah, an elite that was guy. fun. I mean, I, I, I there, there've been a, there've been some really good games played here the last three years. So, I don't know if I've just enjoyed a game mm-hmm. the way I enjoy. Well, you watch two lineups trying to figure out how to attack each guy in different different, different ways. Well, yeah, different one, guys. One, right, one guy's got seven pitches, and uh, he did, but he didn't really. You know how do how do I force him on the plate with with the different mile per hour. Where do I hit it? You know, do I scoot closer? Do I try and pull him? Do I try and hit the ball the other way? I like then in the, on the flip side of it, you're facing a guy who has an elite fastball. who's a two pitch guy. What are you trying to do with him? You're just trying to put barrel to baseball. That's eh, kind of fun, right? It's it's, I think it's a little bit more fun if you're a blue Jays fan and you win those games, but yeah, it was, I mean, we didn't expect this, but we're saying to get the home stand started, with the teams that you're about to face, it starts with the guy standing on the mound, and I think they got exactly what they thought they were supposed to get. Uh, here, where we're going to uh, is where we're going to be going this morning. We'll be doing in the East our our weekly look at at the East at 10:30 a.m. at 11 o'clock. Susan Waldman will join us. She is, of course, the Yankees radio analyst ahead of the Yankees and Jays series of four game series starting tonight at the Rogers Center. The back leg line is open. It's four one six four one three three nine five nine. We'll have an extended version of the back leg line today as well. Again, 7.07 tonight is the first pitch as Alec Manoa takes on uh, TBC for the Yankees. Are we saying it's uh, definitely uh, Yoni? Yoni Brito. Okay, that that's the uh, that would be the, the suggestion right now, although we'll, we'll get that clarified from Susan Waldman. So we got to talk about Whit Merrifield, uh, the Blue Jays' second baseman. You can say that. Yeah, the Blue Jays' second baseman. Five stolen bases this weekend, three in one game. And the last guy steal three bases in one game, Kevin Pillar in 2018. Mm. Uh, Is Whit surprised you? I don't think so. I, I mean... Yeah, I don't think so. Like I thought, this is exactly what they were trying to they they wanted to get from him to get hits. He's not a he's not a run producer. He's not a 
you know, an extra base hit guy. He is a guy to get on base and create havoc. And he's a very smart base runner. He picks the right times to go. He picks who's at the plate. He picks uh, what this, what the counts are. You know, he's trying to hunt the breaking ball counts to get better jumps. Uh, he's not real flat-footed when he's when he's running the bases, which is a big deal. He got happy feet. That's what you want to be, right? Bo Bichette sort of the same way over there. You're seeing guys who are who Kevin Kiermaier's kind of the same way. You're trying to gain ground without them knowing you're gaining ground by moving your feet. Uh, no, to answer your question, that doesn't surprise me. This is what a smart guy who can hit, who can run the bases, is supposed to do. And for John Snyder's sake, this just sort of eliminates him having to play people he doesn't want to play. Quite frankly, this we're getting into the season now where you play your best players. And for John Snyder, I've talked to him many times about this. It's not been easy on him to figure out the three guys and trying to get them playing time. This is That's John Snyder's job. Now, all of a sudden, you got a player who stepped up and made it real simple. This is a guy I'll occasionally, because I have to give an outfielder a day off, mm-hmm. I'll sprinkle in the other two dudes that I'm supposed to. Sunday. Yeah, I'm supposed to sprinkle in because I, I sort of have to. This is the way it's lined up, and I have to get wet in the game every single day now because of the things that he's doing. But no, he's a he's a he's a very 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 smart guy who's contagious, and I say that contagious word with. I want to be careful about that because <laughs> contagious on a baseball field is sometimes everybody can't do what wit does. Like when it comes to the mental side of it and knowing who's on the mound and who's hitting and what counts he's trying to run in. Not everybody can do that. So it's just the smart base running. It's taking the extra base when you're supposed to, it's getting a bigger secondary lead when you're supposed to, it's getting a bigger lead, which there's a difference when you're supposed to, it's not being flat footed on the bases when you're supposed to like it's baseball one Oh one, but we've talked about people running into outs and not knowing what's going on and how it looks optics wise. I, he's the best base runner they got between him <clears throat> belt and Kiermaier. Uh, it's been a pretty good, pretty good week. At the bottom of the order. Yeah. Between those three. It really has, hasn't it? Kevin I, I still don't know what Brandon Belt is. Like, he misses a lot of cookies. I still don't know what he is offensively. I, I'm, but, I, I'm not going to say the old thing. Yeah, he's gotten some hits. Like, he had a runner on third. I think it was yesterday. He got a bunch of real good pitches to me, hit that weren't high-octane velocity that he's missing. But let me ask you this. Have you, have you seen enough from him that – I mean, I don't think he was ever in danger. I don't think they're ever going to release him. I don't think anything. Well, with way like with way Kirky's gotten off to his start. Do they have? What, but what's do, the do other you, option? No. Do, have you seen enough to make you think that there might be a little more there with Brandon Belt, or is this absolutely is, okay? That's what I, right. absolutely. And right. he would tell you that if you walk up to him and say, "Hey, how you feeling?" If you started doing a little bit more digging, he would say, "I'm missing pitches that right. I shouldn't okay. be missing." Like he got some cookies. Big league cookies with a runner on third base that he should be hammering that he's not. And that those are little things that he needs to hire, iron out a little bit. Now, he's going to DH a lot. Routines DHing is not the easiest thing to do. You got to find that. that. So maybe that's something he's trying to figure out, right, is you're trying to DH and, and help occasionally carry a team offensively. I think that's what we could say that. 
Help help a little bit, right? Hit a, hit a two-run homer in the seventh inning off a off a tough reliever. Like he that's why he's in the game, because he's left-handed. So yeah, look, Eric Kiermaier, I mean, how can you argue what that guy's doing? You can't. Like d- defensively, he's can I say it, the best defensive center fielder in baseball? Come on. Jumps, routes, arm, accuracy, hit the cutoff guy. Like the little thing about not hitting, hitting uh, uh, the shortstop on that play, I like that. That doesn't have anything to do with That's not changing my mind. Uh, when he well, leaves, because you understood, he, you under, you absolutely. You understood the thought process absolutely. When, behind when, it. When he leaves his feet, when he's supposed to leave his right. feet, when he runs through a ball, it's little things like that that elite center fielders do that for me, I don't know if I watched any better. Who 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 does it better? Yeah, I mean it, it's. I, I'm thinking since I've been covering the Jays, talking about this year, not talking about uh, five years. Kevin Plar was a really good center fielder. Was he? Was he? I'm talking about this no. year. Talking about on this team. Talking about what he brings to make the right fielder and the left fielder better, and the shortstop and the second baseman better. As quickly as he calls off the ball, you can hear the communication. He runs with his head up. It's yeah. hard to do that. It really is. And that allows him to communicate better because he doesn't lose track of the baseball. It's elite stuff. And now he's hitting. Yeah. Well, you, the, you uh, that. the focus on the AL East will be, uh, will be on uh, Toronto this week as the Jays and Yankees start a four game series. It was certainly in the Bronx yesterday, or I should say this past weekend as the Yankees and Rays played a four game series, they got the split and, uh, well, um, lots of offense, lots of offense in that Yankees race series hits that happen and hits that almost did happen, sort of happen. We'll talk about that next. We'll take a look in the East. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590, the fan. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Susan Waldman joins us at the top of the hour. Take a look at the four-game series between the... Yankees and the Jays it gets going at the Rogers Center today, tonight, and the Baltimore Orioles come into town for three games. Oof. We'll also go to the back leg line, 416-413-3959 later on in the show. Questions, comments, suggestions, recipes, trivia, recipes. anything I for Kevin Barker. I grill. Yeah, you are a griller already. Uh, I saw you with your cigar and your knob, your coke and knob creek. Got to. Nice weekend. Thanks. Uh, it is Monday, so you know what that means? It's time for... Oh, In the East. It's a great song. It is a great song. <laughs> well, we all saw Danny Jansen walk off the Braves on Sunday. How close, Kevin Barker, do you think? How close did the Yankees come to walking off the Rays? You know how close they came, Kevin? They came this, this close. That is close. 
two away, and that will leave it up to the captain, Aaron Judge. Yes. Judge with an RBI single in the seventh inning. Two home runs yesterday. If you're at it, you don't want to just pitch around Judge because then you got Rizzo who's hot with an opportunity to put this game away. Center. Sealy back on the track in front of the wall makes the play. And the Rays hold on and win it 8-7. Almost, Paul. Almost. <laughs> Almost, Paul. Yeah. Start spreading the news. The Rays hung on for an 8-7 win and earned a split of their four-game series in the Bronx. Yeah. Get a load of this. Let's hear it. The last time the teams are going to face each other until July 31st. Wow, that's that's amazing. Hey. And uh, through seven games, the Rays are four and three, and they've got an eight-game lead on Ooh. the Yanks. That's a lot. Well, you know I love me some stats, Jeff. So I'm going to read you some stats here about the Yankees offensively. This this is why, you know, with the Rays having some hiccups with their, with their health, this may be a reason why – they can turn it around if you're a Yankees fan and make a little run at this. The last seven games, the Yankees lineup is first in slugging, first in OPS. This is in baseball. First in average, first in homers with 18, first in runs with 52. 52 is a lot. That's about 13 ahead of the second place team in the last seven games. He mentioned Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo in the last seven games has an OPS, Jeff, of over 1,300. Mm -hmm. He's hitting almost 450. Mm -hmm. Anthony Volpe in the last seven games, leadoff hitter, little old leadoff hitter, has mm -hmm. eight RBIs. So I think if you got anything to hang your hat on other than the Harrison Bader, which I can't believe I'm saying this. Makes a difference. He Kevin. absolutely does. Defensively throwing judge in right field just seems to make sense. I was watching Bader run routes in the outfield. For whatever reason, I seem to like that. Just, that Kevin Kiermaier guy for the mm -hmm. Blue Jays has sort of turned me into somebody watching routes and how they leave their feet. Bader's pretty good at all those kind of things, and he may be a big deal for them. Yeah, I think that deal is going to turn out to be good for both teams. I love like me, it. Jordan Montgomery, and I'm with you. I think Harrison Bader gives them something they haven't had. The Rays, meanwhile, well, I mean, the Rays continued to ride their offense Sunday. Taylor Walls hit a grand slam in that game. That's the Rays' fourth grand slam of the season. Crazy. They had one, one in 2022. And, you know, Rays manager Kevin Cash, he'll take it, but... I don't think he's counting on walls to do this much damage. Specifically the power though that Taylor's shown. Is that maybe a little bit surprising? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What's he on pace for? 30 homers? Seven right now. Yeah, so. Yeah, so. He'd be around there 28-30. 28-30. Well, good for him if he can get that. That'd be great. Uh, we're not looking for him to hit power. We're looking for him to have good at bats, you know, knock the ball over the ballpark, and then if he runs into one, great. Um, he's a pretty pretty special player with what the combination of what he's doing offensively and what we know he does defensively. Now, the Rays do have some questions coming out of the Bronx. Yandy Diaz, who had a grand slam Saturday in a loss, left Sunday's finale with groin tightness, and the Rays on Friday put Drew Rasmussen in the 60-day IL with the flexor tendon surgery, or flexor tendon injury. And uh, if you go on the 60-day IL with that injury, that generally means you're going to have surgery because normally they'd stick you in the 15-day. Absolutely. Uh, and then, then there's the case of Shane McClanahan. Now, Shane McClanahan gave up two homers 
in a 9-8 loss to the Yankees on Saturday in which he blew a 6-0 lead. This is Shane McClanahan. I mean, he's not been a disaster this year. He's got to be an early Cy Young candidate. But, Kevin, he's had four starts this year with four walks, including Saturday. He had one start in 2022 with four walks. He finished last season with 38 bases on balls, one intentional. This season, he already has 24 walks. And if you don't think he's chapped, well, listen to his answer to a question from our friend Mark Topkin. Shane, to the, to the walks, not even more than the homers? And some days you say that they do. What was the situation today? Yeah, they pissed me off, Mark. Nobody wants to walk four people. I'm working through some stuff right now. I'm going to try and write the ship. I don't expect this. You know, this is the... Uh, it's been a rough stretch for me. You know, I don't never never walked as many guys in my life. You know, ultimately though, it's up to me to write the ship and keep working. But no, I don't want to walk guys. I don't want you to have palm runs. It's got to be better. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, look, it's again. What's his ER? His ERA went up to two thirty eight after that outing. But six nothing. You got to feel pretty good. You got a six nothing lead with Shane McClanahan on the mound, and we already said that Drew Rasmussen's probably done from the year pretty damn close to it probably uh you already have t- uh, tyler glasnow coming back uh, but he's only going to be he will likely be in some sort of limit when he comes back they'll bring up taj bradley i'm sure one of their prospects concerned at all if you were shane mcclanahan and the bases on balls because that that number of games with four walks early in the year that's that's a lot yeah for I th- a guy. well not, i don't think what worried might be the wrong word i i, I think it's He's, he's bringing it to everyone's attention that he's thinking about it a lot, which, will, well, you don't want him doing that, right? You don't right. want him aiming baseballs. When he starts aiming baseballs, I don't care how hard you throw, big league hitters in Yankee Stadium, they're going to make you pay for it. That, that That's the one thing I think you don't want to hear from him. It's good that he's aware of it and, you know, might be a mechanical change. Maybe, you you know, you, you, you think smaller instead of think bigger earlier in counts like he's a swing and miss guy like mm-hmm. swing and miss guys don't nibble you know you don't want him nibbling at right. the plate right because he's such a hard thrower yeah i'm sure they're gonna figure out ways to you know maybe throw a secondary pitch a little bit more in certain counts and and you know be dot try and be so fine with your fastball i'm guessing at that right he is a, a free and easy guy on the mound I, I think it's more for me mental than it is a physical thing he's the least of your worries the bigger worry for the Rays for me is I know they're getting Pete Fairbanks back. Sounds like he is uh, maybe Tuesday, mm-hmm. I think, against the Reds. I think they're playing. No, they're playing the Mets. Mets yeah. So he might be back because they do have guys like Kevin Kelly and, and Trevor Kelly who are pitching in big spots. I, who? What? Like, yeah. I, the, those are probably not two guys that you want to be throwing big-time spots when it matters the most. I mean, Kevin C- Cash is a, you know, he's going to go to the right guy at the right time because they have a plethora of them. But you can't go to the well too often, especially in Yankee Stadium. So I think there's more worry about high leverage guys getting everybody back that you need to get back when it matters the most. If that happens, it's the race. Well, meanwhile, at Fenway Park, the Boston Red Sox, do you remember how they, they won four straight? I do remember Against that, the yeah. Jays two weeks ago. I mean, that seems like, it seems like a year ago now. The Red Sox are swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. Who? By the, by the Cardinals. Mm. The team that, oh, by the way, has now decided that Wilson Contreras is going to be their catcher. Uh, yeah. Um, they were swept by the crisis-ridden Cardinals. They've lost five of six games after a 9-1 loss Sunday night. Now, Henley Jansen, who celebrated his 400th career save last week, 
blew back-to-back saves Friday and Saturday. And while they did get James Paxton back, he looked good. Chris Sale continues to improve. Mm-hmm. Seems as if the rotation settled down. I mean, the Red Sox pen is in a real state of flux. Uh, they're talking about possibly putting Nick Pivette in the pen. He wants no part of that. He was very clear about you? that. Ryan Brazier he appeared in 68 games last season, 229 overall for the Red Sox. He was finally DFA'd yesterday. Get a load of this. The blown saves by Jansen represented, and that was Friday and Saturday, represented the first time the Red Sox lost back-to-back games leading in the ninth inning. 23 years. Wow. Going back to June 27th to uh, 28th, 2000. And, well, I mean, Alex Cora. Let's hear what Alex Cora had to say. I mean, we played two good games in this series, and they kicked our butt today. We play against Braves. We split against them. So I don't think we played good, uh, bad baseball. We just, you know, we got swept. But I think two out of three of the games, you know, we, we were right there. It just didn't happen. The Red Sox had three games against the Mariners, and then they're off to San Diego to start a nine-game road trip. And the Orioles, well, they were buzzsawed 4 nothing by Mitch Keller. Do you see any of that at all? And the Pirates Sunday. Yeah. They still took two of three. Kevin, your Baltimore Orioles. I'll take it. Have been in second place in the AL East now. I know it's early, and the standings don't matter. Nonetheless, they've been in second place in the AL East, the best division in baseball, for 25 days. Never thought I would see that this year. Well, Tyler Wells has been outstanding in the rotation. We talk about the rotation all the time, what that do. That hides some things you don't have in your pen. They're getting Michael Gibbons back soon probably he's pitching in norfolk uh tuesday i think it is dylan tate's coming back he's doing the same thing he'll pitch on tuesday that'll make their rotation a little bit better dean kramer needs to be he's been better the last couple of starts you can be uh if he's you know the poor seamer and the sinker gets a little bit better with him because he was really good last year their lineup's really good their up the middle defense is really good the back end of their uh their bullpen is really good they get those uh givens and tate back are they the second-best team in the American League East? 25 days, says they are. There you go. Uh, they will be in Toronto uh, on the weekend at the Rogers Center for three-game series. But they've got the Angels in town for four games first. This could be a lot of fun tonight because we talked a lot about Grayson Rodriguez, their rookie. Yep. He's matching up against Shohei Otani tonight to get that series started. So that could be a uh, that could be a great deal of fun. And, yeah, look, credit the Orioles, we uh, yeah. Jeff Passan mentioned the other day, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's talking about the Rays template, the Rays template. Well, you know what? Maybe the Orioles are providing a bit of a template. Yeah, I'm with you a little bit, but Santander has been a little streaky offensively. Mountcastle hitting 191 with runners in scoring position. You turn and he's coming into things, the Rogers Center, no, though. You not, know. It's never going to hurt, right? You Adley know Rushman's he's looking ahead good. to that. Austin Hayes is starting to turn the corner and getting on base a lot more. Cedric Mullins has went through a little hiccup early, has not been doing that lately. They get their pitcher and ironed out between sort of their rotation to bridge it to the last two guys the back end of their their bullpen. I, you can honestly say that they're probably the second best team in the American League East. Boy, I never would have thought I'd ever say that, but right now you can say that. You think the Rogers Center is playing small? Absolutely. Do you think? <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. And, and, and do you I think, do. And do you think Aaron Judge is kind of licking his chops right now coming in here? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. How I many? We saw Vladdy. Vladdy thought he got that ball to right field. Ball carrying there. I mean, I, I think you get it. You get it. If you don't get it, you better run. Like the big boys that get it, create backspin. 
ball's going to go where they think it's going to go most of the time. It's in as everybody else, and then everybody else better pull the baseball and and run hard like that. I, I just I'm very surprised by that. I think when we had Mark Shapiro uh, around talking and and I asked him about the dimensions and the fences being closer, and he said, "I ah, don't worry about it." Oh, it's, we, had, it's, we, had, we had very smart people right. tell us that's not going to be a big deal. He's right. They were right. I, I, again, I, I have maintained that the the thing I'm most interested in is watching the number of balls that bounce over the center field wall when the roof is open and the turf is hot. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, I think they're center. I think the center fielder for the Blue Jays is fast enough, plays deep enough, is put in the right positions most of the time. I don't think that's going to happen a ton. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're, I think your point is well made there that they're going to have to make some adjustments when it does get hotter because the ball. I think the people that I've talked to, because I've asked around, I, I, I've I've asked some really good hitters when the roof's open, does the ball carry more? And they give you like. Like they really don't know, yeah. I, so I don't. I, only time will tell. But their defense in the outfield, Jeff, you know, is really good. I mean, George Springer's playing really good defense in right field. Uh, the Dalton Varsho's doing things. You know, the first jumps, the the catching balls that you're supposed to catch when the balls are hit, and the pitcher thinks you're supposed to catch it. When's the last time a pitcher went like, look at you, like, what? Wow, what are you doing? You're supposed to catch that. They did that last year a lot. Well, they're not doing that this year. Which helps. As we go into this week, the standings are as follows in the American League East. The Tampa standings. Bay Rays. Why we do it in the East? <laughs> the Rays are thirty-one and eleven. Uh, they're five and five in their last ten. Mm-hmm. They're scuffling. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Back Baltimore the Orioles are twenty-six and fourteen. Blue Jays are twenty-four and sixteen. The Yankees twenty-three and nineteen. The Red Sox twenty-two and nineteen. Red Sox are eight. The last place team in the division is eight and a half games back. And they're three games over. Yeah, I still worry about the Red Sox. I just don't know about the but the last three guys in their rotation. I, you know, James Paxton, he can he stay healthy? Like yeah, Nick I'm, Pavetta, like Nick Pavetta's a good pitcher. Like the figure out how to control outer thirds, not on the black outer thirds. He'll be fine. Tanner Houck, look the, the he the crossfire thing at six five. That's a big deal, right? Brian Bayo, like twenty three year old. They need those three guys to do something to help their pin out. We talk about this with every team. But when you're in the American League East, you need some length. You need a surprise. Who's the surprise going to be out of those three guys? Yeah. If they get a big surprise out of one of the three because they do have a top five lineup, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they'll fight for whatever they're fighting I, for. But I just don't know about that. I want to ask you about another division, the NL West. The Dodgers are leading. They're 26 and 15. They're 8-2 mm-hmm. in their last 10. San Diego's in third. They're three games under 500. Yeah, they're three and seven. They've lost five in a row. Now they are playing Kansas City. That should help. But they've been really massively disappointing this year for me. They yeah. might be the most disappointing. I, I'm I'm looking at the standings. Look, St. Louis. I, St. Louis is just is just. I mean, St. Louis needs to fire their manager basically. But I think they're the most disappointing team in baseball. San Diego Padres. And Chicago, fourteen and twenty-eight. I think the Padres are the most disappointing team in baseball. Yeah, they're not hidden. I think that's the th- that's the thing, right? How I does think, that team, well, Kevin? Well, how does that lineup not hit? That's, You're you know, right, but how does it not hit? Yeah, I think expectations. A lot of times, a lot of people handle that in different ways. Maybe you, you know, 
outpunted your coverage a little bit, thinking that just because the name on the back of the jersey should add up to a guy hitting 40 and 100 just doesn't add up to that a lot of the times. They need some guys to step up. Yeah, well, who is Juan Soto? I know Juan Soto is starting to hit a little bit, but what is he? I'm not. I, I, what, I, what is that? Like, I... You got to think about disappointments. I, I, and I hate to say it that way because he's so young, but I'm just not real sure what he is as, a, as an offensive player. I don't think he's a five hundred million dollar player. I don't think he's a four hundred million dollar player. I'm not even sure he's a three hundred million dollar player because he's an offensive player only. The defensive side, he's not really. He'll catch a ball that he's supposed to catch, and then he looks like he's never caught a baseball before. So. I, yeah, and then Bob Melvin, I've said this to you a bazillion times. This is why sometimes I roll my eyes when everybody's yelling and screaming about the manager. Bob Melvin, air quotes, I mean, he's won, like, what, three he's, manager of the yeah. year? Like, is it is it the manager, or is it your players better be really good, or it makes your manager look like he's not very good at his job? That's sort of what's happening in San Diego right now. And now you're starting to see Bob talk out loud. He's yelling at umpires. He's mm-hmm. yelling at players during games. You know, he's 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 swirly to the media after the game. Like, he's trying to get any little edge that he can get because the superstars on his, on his team are not being superstars. I think that's, quite frankly, what it comes down to. Your best players have to be your best players. When they're not, you don't look like you're a very good manager. And I think it's sort of starting to come to a head here. And... I quite frankly, they they play have to play against the Dodgers a lot, which never helps. I mean, the Dodgers are, yeah, the Dodgers. I keep waiting for something to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. The Dodgers win the World Series and get Shohei Otani. <laughs> that could happen. Okay, <laughs> that could happen. Oh, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, the back leg line is open four one six four one three three nine five nine. We'll answer your questions coming off the Jays sweep of the Braves. Susan Walden, the Yankees radio analyst, joins us next. The Yankees are in town. Susan Walden joins us. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Blair and Barker. Uh, If you're listening to us on podcast, please leave a lovely five-star review. Say nice things about Kevin. Uh, We are not on the radio this morning because the Leafs are doing their media availability. Uh, Uh, We will be back on Sportsnet 590 The Fan from 10 to noon Eastern uh, tomorrow. And uh, on Sportsnet 360 as well. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about because the Yankees are in town tonight for the first of a four-game series. It is always special when the Yankees are in town. It's um, something more. It always seems, Kevin, to be something more than a game when the Yankees are here. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. You, Regardless of... of uh, what time of year it is. I think you know. it sort of tells you where your team's at. Yeah, there's still, it, 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 
it really doesn't matter where the Yankees are in it the doesn't. standings. For a lot of teams, they're still a measuring stick. Absolutely. They really are. No question. And I know that from being out at the, the field, um, you know, on, on, on Friday, talking to a couple of guys and think, boy, this is a tough stretch, isn't it? And they go, yeah, you got the Yankees coming in for four. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, like the seriously, Braves. they're about to play the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I, I, I asked, I got the same response from three players. Tough series. Hey, well, you got the Yankees coming in. So I think that tells you about all you need to know. And uh, awesome. another reason it's always fun to see the Yankees in town is because it means that Susan Waldman will be the along. Best. She's a Yankees radio analyst, and she joins us in Blair and Barker. Susan, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. I was just telling that story about but before the, the Jays are ready to play the Braves, having a couple of players tell me, yeah, this part of the schedule is tough. Got the Yankees for four. <laughs> such a big deal for the Yankees. He is because yeah. he, he is. I mean, he's a, he's a center fielder. You'll, you'll love this because I told him, cause he didn't really know who he was. I said, go look up some um, YouTubes or whatever they have and look at Devon white and watch him in center field. Cause you remind me a lot of them. And oh. he's just such a, he's as good as he's an elite center fielder. His energy is unbelievable. He's really worked on his, um, on his hitting. He changed a lot of things. He's got a new bat. Actually, he tried a bat from his college roommate or his college uh, teammate, Pete Alonzo. And it's the bat. And Kevin, see if you've ever seen one of these, it doesn't have a knob. It's kind of curved. Oh yeah. So that it's, 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 I don't know. He says it's made a big, big difference, but he's cut down on the swings and misses and he's hitting home runs, but to watch him in center field is, is a treat. I mean, you've had some awfully good center fielders over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is, this is quite the, quite the guy. And he really has caught the, the eye of everybody. He's local. He, you know, grew up like five miles from there in Bronxville. He's been a Yankee fan all his life. His folks are always there. It's, it's tremendous to watch. And he really, and as soon as he came back, um, you know, you could see the difference. You know how when people play center field and you say, he's been okay, he's been good, yeah, yeah he hasn't made mm-hmm. mistakes, and then the real deal comes on and you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And that the Yankees haven't had that in quite a while. Susan, why are the Yankees hitting? Last seven games, they lead, they lead baseball in basically everything that matters. Why? And <laughs> they do? Well, yeah, they're surprisingly yeah, enough. They're first in slugging. They're first in OPS. They're first in average. They're first in homers. They're first in runs. Yeah, they're hitting. Wait a minute. The Yankees? The yeah. Yankees. The last, Yankees, the last, the last Yankees. Your Yankees are raking. 
Why is that? <laughs> uh, um, I, th- I think it has more to do with in the last seven games. They, well, first of all, um, we've had three games against the Oakland A's, which, uh, well, you, know, yeah, you know how in soccer, how they, how they, they demote you yes. if you can't play up with the other team. This is, if you can't be first in slugging and pitching and, <laughs> and hitting against the Oakland A's, you should retire right now. You got me. Uh, a lot of that. <laughs> And also they they also got to the Rays bullpen because that that's the one thing that's going to kill the Rays because you know the cupboard is bare down there and when anybody is released um, and it, and it's a pitcher um, they sign them to see if there's something there their bullpen has been decimated and I think a lot of it is is that. Okay. Uh, what are we to make of Anthony Volpe? You know, we obviously we heard a lot about him in spring training. Saw a lot of him in spring training. Um, I mean, he's leading off. Uh, he's, yeah, I love, I love watching him play. I, I, there's, you know, I've seen him interviewed a couple of times too, quite frankly. I just, I, I find him, I find him a very endearing person and a fun player to watch. Um, he's going to be the real deal, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he's been moved down in the order. He's not the lead off. He will be eventually a leadoff hitter. I mean, he just turned 22 last month. I mean, it's, he's, um, he's, and part of it, Jeff, is that, you know how when you bring, they wouldn't have started the season with him if they didn't think he could take what happens to a player when people, you know, going through the league for the first time. Um, it's all part of it. He's, he's special. He really is. And the great, great thing, also a local kid from New Jersey, there are 7,000 Volpies and they're always at the, they're always at the game. I mean, they're, they're, the whole family is endearing is the word. Absolutely. There's a thousand of them. And that, and he is just, he takes everything. He takes everything in stride. I don't want to compare him to, you know, the, the, the other shortstop that, mm-hmm. that they say he's going to replace. It's too early, but I see a lot of similarities in just the demeanor and it's all part of it. And, um, he seems to, he's, he's been moved down to this weekend. He batted seven and they had, um, cause he's not walking right now. When he first came up, he's very, um, he's, he never looks overmatched. Mm. That's the, the best thing about him. Even if he makes an error or he doesn't get a hit or doesn't get on, he never is overmatched. And, you know, people say, um, well, you know, they moved him down a seventh and he started hit home run. So they took the pressure off him. I think he has no idea where he hits in the lineup and he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever he's, he's, he's there. He is going to be the real deal. Um, you know how the hype is in New York. Um, he didn't come and immediately turn into Bo Bichette. He's not that, but he's going to be something very special. So who's pitching for the Yankees today? That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> My guess is it's going to be an opener kind of situation. And Jimmy Cordero, um, who um, has been awfully good, actually, will start. And then I have no idea what they're going to do. It's a, it's a secret here. They don't want anybody. Because then I'd tell you when you'd go tell John Snyder. I would. And, you know, then, the, then the whole mountain will bro- break down. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, you you really don't know. I know that Cordero is is going to start whether, you know, he's been a relief. So how mm-hmm. far can he go? Um, there have been a couple of people that I've been very impressed with out of that pen. One is Ian Hamilton, whom I had never, I don't remember 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know he played here for a while or in the organization with the White Sox. I don't remember him. Um, he's been awfully good, and so has Cordero. But they're like role players, and you know, when you've got three-fifths of your rotation gone, it's kind of hard to, to piece it together. And if Cole and uh, Nestor Cortez get hit around a little bit, which has been happening, mm-hmm. um, then you, know, you, you, you sort of have to pull everything out. I think Severino will be back. Uh, not this series, but I think he's scheduled, if all goes well, tomorrow. Perhaps he'll be back um, on Sunday when the team is in Cincinnati. But it's been a struggle. Their pitching, is, it's been a struggle the whole first couple of months. They seem to be kind of getting back on their feet as guys are trickling back into the lineup. But um, it's been a tough stretch for them. Is it one thing with Nestor Cortez? I see 15 earned runs over his last 14 innings mm-hmm. pitched. Is it one thing or is it everything? Well, no, it's 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 a little bit of everything, but I also think it's the it's Tampa Bay. Oh, I really do. They're yeah. awfully good. Mm-hmm. They're awfully good, and they have changed their whole hitting um, philosophy, and it's really working. You know, they're they are not the little engine that could anymore. Mm-hmm. Their slugging is um, is is as good as anybody's in the league, and it's all the way through the lineup. They still play that take the extra base. They all run, but they are hitting home runs. They their their uh, hitting coach evidently uh, went through a whole big thing with everybody over the winter and changed everybody's approach so that they're not just hitting line drives all over the place. All of a sudden they're hitting home runs with the best of them. You know, you'd think the Yankees were in town with the home runs and you look at their um, runners in scoring position and you look at their slugging and they're as good as anybody in baseball. You know, it was interesting. I heard Aaron, uh, Aaron Boone being asked after, I think it was after yesterday's game or it might've been, Saturday's game, but they were talking about how the, the Rays, they're done with the Rays now, I think till July to the end of July, July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked about the new schedule and was it good or was it a positive or a negative? Was it good or bad that the AL East teams are playing fewer games against each other at a time where the AL East seems to be really good top to bottom. And it's something it's funny because something I've kind of thought about and we've talked about, and I just loved Aaron's answer. It was kind of like, it was essentially, I, I, I kind of don't know, <laughs> you know, like uh, all I know is we have to win the games in front of us. But I'm wondering if, if it might not be a factor here. You know, like if you're eight games behind the Rays already, and I understand it's May, May 15th, but if, you don't, if you're not playing mm-hmm. a team like that until July 31st, it's almost, it almost seems unfair. It almost makes me pine, Susan, for the days where the AL East had, had all those games against each other. Well, I kind of I kind of miss it because because I don't get to go to Toronto three times. I only get to go to twice, and we have to go to Cincinnati. I mean, instead, That's and not so a fair I don't trade-off. like it for that. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, I you know it is what it is, and and you know and and the, it always it always evens out. And um, you know you look at the problems that, that everybody has, and what Tampa is doing. Um, which other teams have not done. They are pummeling bad teams. Mm -hmm. And everybody has said, and they played the Yankees kind of even. We played seven games in 10 days, and it was 4-3. Tampa um, or the Yankees yesterday was the was the rubber match of the seven games, and those are fun to me. I mean, I don't really care about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care about the Oakland A's, and I don't care about the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I kind of miss that. And um, I was also saying the other day on the air that um, that for years teams that weren't named the Yankees, the Red Sox, and Toronto used to get 
mad because they were, you know, they couldn't make up games because it was in the American League East. And now it's changed. Now Tampa's on top. And, you know, and it's a little bit different. But um, I don't know whether it's good or bad. I just I just think that everybody they don't care about what I think. But I see what's coming with uh, realigning everything. But I I don't like it. I I, would rather play the 19 games. I care. I care about what you think. And and I want to ask you about Glaber Torres. (laughs) If somebody if somebody was to ask me about Glaber Torres, how should I talk about him? What should I say? Um, tremendous talent sometimes gets in his own way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's a- tremendous talent. He's never, he had one big, one brief shining moment that one year where uh, nobody paid much attention to him. And, and, and he's, um, he's necessary on that. Actually, he's been leading off a couple of times because he does still walk. And he's in one of his stretches where um, he is really going. When he starts going the other way, he's locked in, and um, and everything works over that. Uh, everything works off of that. But you know, so the, the joke around here is, you know, he'll get on and he he sometimes thinks he's invisible and will run to second base when he shouldn't, and sometimes he makes it. Most of the time, he doesn't. Tremendous talent. It's still you know peaks and valleys for him. He's still young. He's still just what, 26, yeah. 25 or 26. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It seems as if he's, he's been part of the furniture for a no long question. time. Susan, thanks so much for yeah, doing well, this. Yeah, you're the best. Okay, guys. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you. That's Susan Waldman, uh, Yankees radio analyst. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the schedule. Susan's right. I mean, it's arguing about, arguing about the schedule, not arguing, but talking about the schedule is a bit like talking about the weather. It is what it is, what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of, this would be a good year to have more games inside your division. I know people are going to think it's counterintuitive because the division is so tight. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, the division is so tough. Mm-hmm. But th- this is kind of the scenario. When one team gets off to a lead over the rest of the division, gets off to a fairly significant lead, it does become harder, it does become harder to, to, to catch them. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, just, just by schedule alone, by schedule. The Blue Jays, let me show you. September, they have three against the Rockies, three against Oakland, three against Kansas City, four against Texas. You know, you probably think Texas, Texas is in it. Is, and, yeah. and, and, and then they have three against the Nationals. Would you rather replace those, what is that, three, six, nine, 12 games with 12 against the American League East the way the American League East looks? You know what? Um because say you can go, say you can go in those 12, nine and three, nine and three might push I, you past, say, the Orioles or I don't know, maybe the Yankees in third place. They, you, those three teams might be bunched up. So you might need to have those three or those 12 games. I like spending you can go 10 and two or nine and three. I like spending as much of the final month as possible inside my division. I think as long as you are, yeah. as long Fair as, too. as long as finishing first in the division counts for something. Which it does. Yep. You know, we're not reseeding teams based one date. As long as finishing first in the division counts for something. <clears throat> Pardon me. I, I think September should be almost all divisional games. I, I've always felt that way. Uh, and I and listen, I, I like I like seeing new teams. Um, it, it does. You know, it creates interest. I mean, we're seeing teams that we don't, don't always see. We're seeing more of them and all that. But, man, I would still... I would still love a steady diet of 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 the Rays 
the so Yankees, so the Red rather, Sox, and the so Orioles. So you'd rather have four against the Orioles, four against the Rays, and four against the Yankees instead of those twelve as against a, as a, the Nationals, as the Rockies, a baseball and fan, As a baseball fan, yes. Yes. Huh. Yes. Now, as someone who would really like the Jays to go to the postseason and go on an extended run, obviously, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm going to yeah, – and, and that's yeah. 99.9% of the people. With, with the way the, the Orioles thing. are going, it might take 95 win, 94, 95 wins to get the oh, playoffs. Yeah. 93, oh, yeah. 94, 95, somewhere in that range. You may need to play 10 and 2 against those 12 teams – or those 12 games against those, those four teams. Like, you may need to. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you, I guess. I mean, it's – I, I – I, I, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to play in the American league East. It is a lot of fun in September to go to Yankee stadium. When those games actually matter. Now I was fighting for third place to put, put the blue Jays, which is third place is third place. You get money. You get, money. Share, you get a share. You get a share. Absolutely. Finishing third. But yeah, maybe, you know, those now all of a sudden, if you had to go to the Orioles, which you don't in September and October they don't go to they don't go to the Orioles you you replace say the 3 against the Rockies for 3 against the they, Orioles who do they play within the division in September they they play they play at home against the Red Sox for 3 they go on to Yankee Stadium for 3 they go to Tampa for 3 and then they get the Yankees so they get the Yankees for 6 games in September they get the Rays for six games right, in September, so and then they get the Red Sox for okay, three. So, so, so you're 15, getting them. Half, half you're just your not games. getting them as much, right? So, so half your games in September are in the division. I, I mean, I don't know. I, so I'm thinking. So I'm thinking. You're again. You know, again. Here you got you got six <clears throat> six against the Yankees, six against the Rays. That's twelve games. You may have to go. You can't go five hundred against them teams. Then is my point. Like you're going to have to be playing all those games in September are going to matter. You're going to have to. You may have to go ten and two against those really bad teams, and then go seven and five against the Yankees in the race to get where you want to go. Like they, the, my point is, yeah. when you talk pockets, you're going to have to do some things. Like you're going to have to win a bunch more games than you're going to have to lose, right, to get to the playoffs because of how the Orioles are going to be, because of how all the teams other than the Rays are bunched up. You're thinking, come September, you're thinking. Now Susan said it right about the bullpen for the race, and we mentioned this in in our in our little segment earlier. That could be the thing where the other teams, the American League East, are playing catch up now and make it a little easier to play catch up because of the way the bullpen yeah. is. I mean, you got two Kellys down there that nobody's ever heard of. Now they may figure things out, and I'm sure they're going to make some moves, and maybe they might move a starter into the pen down the stretch, whatever it would take, because it's the race, and they'll do what they have to do. And I'm sure the offense will help them because of all the home runs, but. <clears throat> That can help the other teams play catch up, but you have to play your schedule and your schedule down the stretch bodes well, right? You get the Cubs in August, you get the Phillies, you get the Reds, you get Cleveland. Who's not playing great. Like you're, you know, you got a schedule in August and September in the first couple of games in October, there first couple of days that you could do some things is my point. Yeah. But yeah, you like I, I, it. It's okay. Very individual. Every fan has their own thing that they like to watch. And you have enough American League East teams that you could be still excited about. To go, sure, absolutely. Sure. That now you're thinking, okay, we go this against the American League East teams. Now those teams that were like the Reds, you know, you could throw Cleveland in there this year where you're starting to have to do a lot of good things because of who you're playing in the American League East in August and September. So it just makes it fun for a fan to look at the schedule now. Um, That's all. We are uh, going.
going to take a break in a few minutes and go to the back leg line. The number is 416-413-3959. Something I neglected to talk about a little bit uh, in the first part of the show. We did have a ton to digest after that weekend sweep. What are you seeing from George Springer lately? You seeing you seeing signs? You seeing signs of, of, of life in that bat? Ah. Uh... Life is a, I don't know what to de- define life. Bat speed, a little more direction. Like, a little more like the George Springer we're used to seeing. Yeah, look, he, he I wrote that down. He, he don't like the, he, right now early in the season, he don't like the breaking ball. That's why he's getting a bunch of them. And you see him in big spots, at least unless he's facing a submarine guy or, or a drastic sidearm guy who throws sinkers are going to give him a bunch of off-speed pitches that start middle and end up down and away. Guys who've been around as long as George, and I've said this to you, and we've heard him say, and people around him have said that he goes to the cage and took a thousand swings. That's fine. That sounds like more rhythm timing, right? You're not trying to, because of his optics, right? Before he went to the cage and took a thousand swings, doesn't look any different after, right? His stance and all that stuff and his hand placement and his direction doesn't look any different. For me, I would love to see him scoot closer to the plate or it's closer to the pitcher, right? The older you get, you've been around long enough. Drastic moves, unless you're Albert Pujols in your 40s. Now you're eliminating a wide stance and going to a leg kick because you're trying to create momentum for your positive move. I get it. George Springer ain't 40. He's in his early 30s, right? So for me, the league's adjusted. Early in the season, you got some little bit of issue with the breaking ball. This is scoop closer to the pitcher. Catch that thing before it starts breaking, and you'll get more fastballs. He has, so I wish you'd do that for me anyway. This is this is just to take a look at George Springer here. He's hitting eight of his last ten games. His average is still two twenty five. Yeah, I mean averages and everything. Obviously, he's got just to a player two home runs in that time, <clears throat> no doubles. He's hitting one seventy. He's hitting one seventy nine versus the breaking ball right there. If I'm George Springer and I'm looking at no other stats and I want to simplify this thing because sometimes you got to do that. When you're struggling early in the season, don't overwhelm it with all these stats about counts. And, you know, the khakis will overwhelm you at times. Simplify it. What am I not doing well? I'm an older guy. I'm an older guy who they're trying to get out because of where I hit in the order and who I hit in front of. How are they doing it? I'm hitting 179 versus the breaking ball. If I'm an opposing team and I see I think his average against the fastball is somewhere in the 260 range, Mm -hmm. okay? If I'm George Springer, I'm thinking – Sooner or later in the Yankees series, I'm going to have to hit a breaking ball to get them off the breaking ball to throw me a fastball. How do I do it? What I've been doing is not working. Can take a thousand swings all I want. Can I scoot closer? Catch it before it breaks? I know that would be me. Very first at bat, he won't do that because he's a creature of habit. Most of them are, and he's gotten paid doing it one way. 150 million reasons will tell you why you don't move around in the batter's box. But for me, if I were him and I want to start hammering that thing, you got to do it to get him off it. Just do it a couple of times. Even if you pull it foul, we'll tell that catcher and that pitching coach, uh-oh, he's made an adjustment. But because he takes the same swing on the same pitch all the time, why would I change it up? I keep throwing it to him. So that's what I would love to see him do is scoot closer to the pitcher. It's a, it's a, all you're doing is, is making contact about an inch closer. It's not, it's not feet. It's just an inch. I want to catch that thing instead of catching it a little too deep 
and being too straight armed when I make contact almost at the point of it where I'm rolling over it and I hit that little 17 hopper to the third baseman and I crouch my shoulders like this when I touch first because I did that. Now all of a sudden you're catching that thing a little deeper with my arms a little bit more bent. And what's that mean? That's backspin double to right center. And now I'm cooking and I'm happy because I did my job and I'm getting on base for the couple of dudes that are smoking hot right now. So I don't think he's going to do it because he's been around forever. But if I were the hitting coach or I were somebody that was close to him, I'd say, hey, it's a it's a half an inch. Like you're just barely scooting closer because you don't want to make it obvious. Because if you make it obvious, you're going to get sinkers in off the plate. So don't make it obvious. Look for it in your first at bat. When you get it, hammer it. You won't get it again. It's easy. At least it's easy for where I'm sitting. He's got one double this year. Yeah. So I said, enough. That's remarkable. Right, it's enough, right? There's a little of that enough. You got a little enough in your swing. <laughs> I've had enough. Like I, I know how they're getting me up. I almost can't believe that. I don't have nearly the numbers that he has. But when a guy's struggling, simplify it. Go to the numbers that tell you what he's not doing well and why they're throwing this to you. Sitting 260 off the heater, he's hitting 170 off the breaking ball. Hmm. I'm going to throw him a breaking ball until he shows me he can hit it. 416-413-3959. That is the number of the back leg line. We'll check it out next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pitch hit on the ground to the left side. Short hop by Beltre at third. Go to second one. Go and then hold it. The ball is thrown past the first base. And we've got a fight at second base. Bautista fighting there. Beltre takes him away from Odor. And now more fisticuffs. Josh Donaldson flies into the pack. It's all red and blue on the grass behind the second base bag as fists are flying here at Globe Life Park. Bautista and Odor start throwing punches together after Bautista's hard slide into the bag at second base. Odor then threw it away, and that's when the fisticuffs began. That was the great Jerry Howarth with the call. Seven years ago today, Brugnett Odor dropped Jose Bautista. He did. Be careful who you pick on sometimes. Yeah. Usually a baseball fight doesn't result in a Knockdown. With all due respect to Jose Batista, well, he, didn't, he, he didn't get knocked down. He got, got knocked down. He got, he got back up. He got back up. Well, he, got he didn't get. Down. He got hit in the chin. But anyhow, man, oh man, seven years ago—that's a long time. All the stuff that's happened since then. How come? How come? Does this make me a bad person that now every time I think of Jose Batista, that's the only thing I think of? No, but you know what? It does. That I, really? Because I, well, do, I do you not? No. It's it, and I and I and mentioned. I took batting practice with him and played winter ball with him. Bizarre. Like he's a great dude. But the very first time, anytime you say his name, you know that's what? the first thing I think of. I mean, the first thing I think of is the bat flip. The second thing I, I think of is when he was healthy. Watching him throw somebody out from I think right you're field. making these things up. No. I think you I won't. don't think no, I don't th- the, 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 you say Jose Batista to me, I think bat flip. 
I think his arm, and then I think the punch. I'm wow. sorry, I do. I do. In that order. I Yes. I just remember Brian Butterfield saying one time that he thinks Ho- Jose Batista's arm was game-changing. And I've always... It that, was just bat speed for me. Ball that has always I, stood I, I, out to me. I, I never, well, this is when I first started in this business with you, and I was standing around the batting cage, and he was sort of the first... Because I'd know, I, I knew who he was because uh, I played with him in winter ball. He's around all the time. Him yeah. and Edwin were everywhere when I was down there. So I, you know, I sort of knew. And we had our back turned, and I can remember he was in the batting cage, and you could hear the bat off the ball. And I was just like, "Holy moly, what is that?" And it was Jose Batista. Just the sound was different, right? You could tell without watching yeah. who it was. But I, I don't mean that with any disrespect. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I, just saying that the only thing I that maybe that makes me a bad person. No, I think it's I, and I think you're lying. No, I mean I think you are. I guarantee you, most people think of the bat flip first. Okay, I mean I, it's it's hard not to think of both. But no, I the the one thing that stands out to you is the bat flip. Yes. This is a great I moment. Guess, I guess that you know what that was. Maybe that was a moment that a couple of generations of Blue Jays fans have been waiting for. Boy, it caused a storm too. That was great. <laughs> it was great. He's cracking concrete, flipping bats. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. Hey, it's time for the back leg. But it line. cost him sore chin. <laughs> My the the thing I remember most about that fight, and, and if you if you if you go get and, them hands up, if you go <laughs> and watch the full the full thing, the thing I remember most is Russ Martin with his. I, I don't know why he had his catcher's gear. I guess there might have been two, whatever, but he had his shin pads on, and he's. He's been out in the middle of it, obviously. And as he's come away, he's gone past the Rangers dugout. And he's like, he's kind of almost like a boxer. He's kind of yeah, bouncing yeah. on his feet. Like, come on, come on. No one did anything. I've always remembered that. Yeah. I've just always remembered that with, with Russ Martin. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, uh, there you go. Seven years ago today, where were you? I think it was, a, if I'm not mistaken, it was a weekend. For some reason, I was covering a Raptors game for the website. Hmm. I don't know if it was it must have been a playoff game given this time of year. Um, but it was in the bottom of the air Canada Center, watching the game on TV as I'm writing, and I remember the uh the fisticuffs anyhow. Seven get, years ago. Get them hands up. Love Jerry Howard. It's all red up. and blue behind second base. <laughs> Love it. Touch here. Ah, uh, the back leg line is 416-413-3959. Your chance to ask questions of Barker, give him recipe, all this stuff. All Recipes, this fun stuff. I don't, I don't want know. a recipe. I'm not going to use Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. You call up the line, you hear Barker's voice, pay no attention to what he says because he abuses me. <laughs> it's all true. And then leave your uh, <laughs> and then and then leave your, your message or your question. One person who did that is Anne from Nova Scotia. Anne. Want to know what directions, coaches, uh, instructions they give um, players when the player thinks it is a fly ball and just saunters up to first base. There were two times at least in this Atlanta series when Vladdy sauntered up to first base, they dropped the ball or something collided in midfield, and he could have made an extra base. In one case, he went to second, where he could have gone to third. And in another, he went to first, when he could have gone to second. 
Um, is that something that the manager will give him a rip for, or is it not something that is taught to them or instructed to them? Thank you. Bye. Yeah. No, it's you, man. You're the guy that's been in the clubhouse. We we talked about this at the start of the show. I, I yeah, I think you know John Schneid. Look, you know John Schneid Schneider more than I do. My uh, guess yeah. is somehow it's it's not addressed. It, guys, I, 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 mean, I, I don't know. I would you think go. they're not calling a meeting after they won a baseball game. And, and it's and he's talking about your your best two players in Vladdy and Bo Bichette. And you also saw I, 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 I also Matt Chapman. You also that's, saw Matt Chapman make two errors in a game. your best two players is calling a meeting about those two guys about not hustling when you win a baseball game. You got to be careful okay, with that. Okay, let me let me just okay. separate. Let's but separate. Call them in an office or walking no. by and saying, "Hey, you know." Let's separate something. The and two the two errors by Chapman. Does that get addressed? Once a throwing error, and one I'm just at, don't look at me. I'm just asking. What's well, like how? You're, how, you're, you're, how? You're, what do you want? To bench him? No, I'm just asking though. So because well, I'm trying a, to separate. You know what? It's no, almost, I'm. I'm it's trying. Almost sounds like they didn't sweep the. No, brains. no, no. I'm trying to separate the. I'm trying to separate the two. Because to me, you don't address that. I mean, those are errors. Those errors made by a guy who's a Gold Glove third baseman. So, That's so not going to happen again. The physical well, might, it will, yeah, it will happen uh, again. Not, Absolutely. He'll make another error. He probably won't make two in one game. Anyhow, my, my point is physical errors like that, I toss them aside. So let's talk about the other uh, two. Uh, and then this gets uh, to yeah. your point. And I'm, I'm, I'm defending you here. This gets to your point. I got two dudes who play every day. Uh, generally, they don't do this. I don't think anybody's ever questioned Bo's hustle. Uh, not that I know of. They both took... Again, Vladdy basically almost like slapped himself in the face. I mean, he did everything he could, but, you know, take a whip out and start whipping his, his back. I, I don't know what, like, I don't know what people expect. Hey, what do you say, Vladdy, the yeah, next time and, that happens? And, and, and it, is a, it is a good question, but remember, Ann, you have to blame the player first. The way I run the bases has nothing to do with any either the first base coach or the third base coach. The first base coach most of the time is over there to take my batting gloves and tell me how many outs there is. No disrespect yeah. to Bud because he is a great human being. But that's a fact most of the time. The other part of it would be if there's a base dealer over there and times to, to home and how big your lead is because sometimes you can't tell that heat of the moment. They'll have the conversation back and forth. But not everybody's a base dealer. So that doesn't happen all the time. The third base coach is over there to stop me. That's it. Not to tell me to come on. I should know enough about base running at this level to not have a, a third base coach to tell me to come on. So, I, I again, if you want to blame anybody, which you're, you, you can do this. If everybody wants to yell and scream when they just swept the Braves at home about their best two players, one of them was on a ball that should have been caught by a great first baseman, not a good one, a great one, and then Bo turned it into a mental mistake by trying to end up at second base after not running tried to first. to make up for that, it. That was not so much the running hard to first than the mistake of trying to go to second. That's the thing, right? I mean, he's. I, I guess if you want to yell and scream about him not running out of the box as hard as he can on a pop-up, that should be made 11 times out of 10. I guess you can do that. I'm not going to. I guess if you want to do that, you can do that. The Vladdy home run thing, again, I'm sure somehow John will address that so he's not embarrassing the two players. I'm calling a meeting. I'm pointing fingers at those two dudes. You better be careful doing that. I'm not John. I'm not telling him how to do his job. But you better be careful.
That's your two best players. John he, from Ajax. He, yeah, sorry. No, that's well said. John from Ajax. Hey, John. Uh, wondering, uh, the Chris Bassett performance reminded me of how important uh, starting pitcher is to baseball. Oh. It's a glamour position. It works and uh, evokes intrigue. Uh, elite starting pitchers go head-to-head like Manoa mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Garrett Cole. It intrigues in, uh, extreme interest. Uh, wondering, uh, pitchers today are analytically removed after five innings. Have we seen the last of a true starting pitcher? Do you believe the starting pitcher will be eventually gone? Thanks for listening and love the insight. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, it's a good question, John. I will, I will say this. The, the team that actually I think sometimes tries to do that is Tampa. I, I, I don't think physically organizations can handle that. So the answer to your question for me would be no. Yeah, I, I, again, I go back to the postseason last year. Who made the postseason? Teams that, you know, I think I think I said eight of the top nine teams in terms of... The two of, teams of, that were in the World Series of, were top five. innings from their starting pitchers, yeah. And the it, one that won the World Series was the I, number I will, one team in innings pitched from their rotation. I will put it this way. The complete game is gone. That's it, Edwin. The complete game is gone. Starting pitching is more important than it's ever been. It's the way I'll look at it. Yeah, I... I I think we just have, think we have went, to view. It I think they've tried to go the route of openers, which you will occasionally. I'm sure you'll see the Jays do it if somebody was to get hurt because of the depth that they don't have at the minor league level with when it comes to rotation. But I don't know how your organization depth wise can do that. And let's be honest, Jeff. Look at look at the Blue Jays. The quality of arms that roll out of the pen for the Blue Jays is not great all the time. No, but there's a couple of guys. Yeah, but the the other thing. I was thinking about this. The, all you have to do is look at how much the elite pitchers make per year. That will tell you how important starting pitching is. Yeah. Starting pitching is more important than ever. But what our expectations of starting pitchers have changed. There you go. That, I mean, that's, well said. There you go. That's, that's probably the easiest way there you go. to put well, it. Good question, John. Yeah, it, it is. A good question. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, and I'm sure if it was a cheap way for an organization to try and win a World Series, they 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 would try it. Yeah. But I just don't think physically and quality of stuff, I don't know how you could do that. I mean, you'd have to have a plethora, like you know, a, just a ton you know what I also, of arms. You know what I also f- find that I think really gets to this point as well is when I covered baseball, when I started out covering baseball, you still saw complete games. But even then, you would look at Fergie Jenkins and all these dudes from the 60s and 70s, and you go, holy cow, look at all the complete games these guys pitched. And we don't even have that discussion now. It's almost like there's a generation of baseball fans. They can't fathom 10 complete games a year, let alone 20. So yeah. you're not even shocked when you read those numbers anymore. That's kind of how far we are removed from... Um, from complete games cost from a lot complete of money. Games. That's yes, what they it do. is. Yep. Yes, they do. Ray and UConn. I just wanted to get your opinion on this matter. Jeff kind of touched it on the beginning of the show. Uh, Jim Snyder uh, leaving USAID's face. Uh, Aussie, who's already homered off of him. Uh, it was kind of nice to see John having uh, confidence in USAID given his last year outings. And we all hope that this is his bounce back here. But do you think John would have the same confidence in you say 
able to do a die game. Uh, mm. Looking forward to uh, your thoughts on this. Thank you. Keep it up. Thank you, Ray. No. No. He. No. John Schneider. <laughs> I no. John. No. Sh- John Schneider treated Yusei Kikuchi like a fifth starter. Like it's May and they have in sixteen May. or whatever the game is in yeah. a row. But no, Yusei Kikuchi. This team goes to the playoffs. He'll be in the pen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that would make more sense for him to be in the pen, and you don't need five guys in the playoffs. No. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not saying that because oh yeah, my yeah. god, he stinks. I'm saying because he's the fifth starter, and you don't you need five see, stars. You could see Barrios and you say in the pen. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know how. Well, I mean, I don't. I. It's a long ways away, but. I don't know how effective Burrios would be out of the bullpen. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do make the playoffs and there is a situation that was like last year, right? When your starter's on the bubble of, do I get him? Do I not get mm-hmm. him? What's the scoreboard telling me? What do you do if you're John? Do you, do you, what do you do? I think your that- rotation got you here. What do you do, Jeff? That's the thing, right? Cause we've seen what he did last yeah. year and he's, he's verbally came out and said, I was wrong. We'll yeah, give him credit th- for that. I think that what happens. I think that decision to leak Vicucci and was a little bit of a gut call yesterday too. Like there was enough talk about it. You could tell between him, Mattingly and Walker that there it was enough go. of a gut, a gut call. There was talk. He was yeah. trusting his coaches around him. And I, I mean, I'm glad he did it. I'm, I'm glad he did it. And you know, you're right. You, sometimes you got to throw, sometimes you got to throw your fifth star to a cookie and all that. Every now and then you do. Kept you in and give you a chance to win a baseball game. Yep. Mike and St. John, New Brunswick. Just wonder. I just seen there on Sportsnet Center before the Saturday's game. The Brios's forcing fastball is getting hammered by left-handed hitters. So I guess my question is, why is he still throwing? Thanks. What do you say, Brios? Yeah, four-seamer against lefties. Why is he still throwing? Well, because it? it's velocity and he can control that. He's trying to go into lefties more. He can control that a little bit better and be better with his misses. I mean, this is a great question, but the answer is I can th- I can control the straight one a little bit better than I can the one that two seams. The two seam is because you have to make the lefty uncomfortable. He can't go away all the time. He don't throw 1,000 miles an hour. And big leaguers now are used to the velocity. That, that doesn't bother them anymore. So he's got to crowd the lefty to be able to occasionally get away with the bad cement mix and slurve or slider, whatever you want to call that thing he throws. He's got to establish in. It's easier, easier for him to control that and be better with his misses, not down the middle, than it would be to throw the two-seamer. Because a lot of times, what's he do? He'll start the two-seamer at the hip of the lefty, and it's right down the middle. And I think it's about a mile an hour slower to a big leaguer, so I can get the head out on that. And it's down the middle of most big league hitters, at least this time of the year. Uh, You know, two weeks ago, you might have gotten away with that. Now, you can't. So it's control. Velocity, in that order. I want to be better with my misses. Well, we talk about Boreas all the time. Be better with your misses. Don't miss so much on the plate. On the plate for him is not inner third, outer third. It's middle. Middle up, middle down, middle. He can control the four-seamer a little bit better than he can the two-seamer. I hope that's a good answer and simplified for you. Yep. Tim and Hamilton. Tim. So I was just thinking about, you know, Dusty Baker and all of his talk about the uh, World Baseball Classic. I was wondering if maybe that's, something to do with uh, Jimmy Garcia's early season struggles. Mm. And then my other question is, if the playoffs started today, how would you line up your first three pitchers? In huh. Gossman, Bassett, and 
dare I say burritos or kikuchi? That's a negative. Looking forward to hearing your answers. Yeah, that's uh thanks, Tim. That's a that's a great question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy Garcia looked good in the World Baseball Classic. I didn't think he was abused during the World Baseball Classic. Um, I don't know if that would have anything to do with I, his. I, I think, what, what was the person's name? Tim. 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 Tim, and Tim I, that's a really good question. I, I think it's more about heart rate than it is about stuff in that WBC. Like, they, they are not used to that time of the year having the heart rate as high as it was for Jimmy, that's why you saw the up, uptick. How do you consistently have that heart rate all season? You don't. The the simple answer to that is you don't, right? You're you're pitching for your country. Everything you're letting it eat, you got the little extra oomph, like you like to say, well, you say Kikuchi. I think that's what it is. Look, for me, it's sinker slider with Jimmy Garcia. Sinker slider. Righties have been I, – I wrote the stat down, and I can't find it. Righties are – Anyway, they're hitting a lot. Yeah. Right, right, righties are not <laughs> – he's not been getting righties out because of the sinker slider. Yeah. Those those are the pitches, right? When you're falling behind and your your sinker is non-competitive, out of the hand, it's a ball if I'm a righty. Why was Alec Manoa so good last year? Sinker slider, elevated four-seamer. That's why, right? No change-ups to righties. Didn't have to do that because the sinker was really good. Makes you uncomfortable. He hides the ball. It's got a little late gear to it. And it's consistently the velocity that he wants it to be. Jimmy Garcia is no different. Until he starts locating that better and his called strikes with the sinker to a righty are better, that can make the slider better, This you may see the little ups and downs with Jimmy. For for Jay's sake and the organization and Pete Walker, hopefully he can get that figured out because they're going to need him. As far as the postseason rotation goes. The first two guys were right. Yeah. If it ain't. And Bassett, without question. Absolutely. And it's not, for me, it's not going to be Burrios. No. What I would do, or you this, this is opener. I would wait. This is really standing on the uh, on the fence. Forgive me. I'd want to see what happens in those first two games before I decide who's going in the third game. That's a great point. I really would. I, I, I really, I really do think Alec is going to turn it around. Yeah. I'm, I, I think th- this is what you look at tonight for him, for me anyway. This is what you look at. Called strikes with the slider early in counts. Strike three sliders with the slider. I know he wants to, I know he's saying he wants to attack more with the fastball. Everybody does. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. Everybody Just does. Watch him against Aaron Judge. Then, if Aaron Judge is, is, is the, hitting him. And then the strikes, called strikes early in counts with the slider for me might be more important because it gets him in swing mode yeah. than the strike three pitch with the slider. Squeeze one more question in Jim and Mississauga. Hi, this is Jim from Mississauga. Hey, Jim. That's what I said. And I have a trade proposal. Uh-oh. Would you trade Ricky Tiedemann for Liam Hendricks straight up? Thanks, and have a great show. Uh, well, right now, Ricky Tiedemann is... I think he's meaning healthy. Would you? Would I? No. Healthy both. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. The, the, Love- if, if I get him, does that do I win a World Series with Liam? Oh, win a World Series. I mean, I like your chances a lot better than I, yeah, I mean, you address one issue. You address one issue. Is it about winning World Series? Yeah. But this this is a team that's paying a lot of money to Gosman, a lot of money to Brios, a lot of money to Brios, and a lot of money to Bassett. Man, not so much to Bassett. Enough. Enough. It is going to need, the Jays are going to need, key players on the cheap 
in the next year or and so. And they don't have any depth. When it and they don't have any depth. So pitching. I think Ricky Tiedemann is pretty much pretty much off base. It's a great now, question. It's a it great question. A great and question. you know what? Let's see at the end of the year, see where Brandon Barriera is and Ricky Tiedemann is. Then maybe we can have that discussion. But right now, no. Right now, no, I wouldn't do it. But I'd love me some Liam Hendricks. I would take me some Liam Hendricks in a heartbeat. Better win a World Series. I might trade somebody else in the minor league system. Better win a World Series. You talk pressure. You trade trade Arelvis Martinez for him? In a second. I'd drive him to the airport. There you go. (laughs) That's it for... That's nice. That's it for Blair and Barker today. 7.07 tonight. Yankees, Jays, first of four games. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk. We'll be back on the radio and the TV tomorrow. Have yourself a great day.